if you wanted your life to be exemplified or, you know, summarized by words, say on your grave marker, what would you want them to be? It's kind of like uh, yesterday, uh, Nate was asking some of the runners, okay, what is your purpose in life? That, that's, a, that's a hard question to answer. And that's quite a few answers we got where, boy, that's hard. It is. It's a hard question to answer. What is your purpose in life? Do you know what your purpose is? And would you want that then on your grave marker? Cindy and I love to, love to read grave markers. We go around to old cemeteries and out in Montana and down in, Minneapolis, down in Minneapolis, right in the inner city there, uh, close to Robbinsdale. They've got old cemeteries that were there when they were on the outskirts of town, and now they're in the center of town. And we read those grave markers. My dad died a while back, a few years ago, and uh, Dick Dean gave us a big slab of oak that he had milled. It was from the tree that we removed when we built the school wing. And uh, he gave it, we, we sanded it, we took it to engraver, and, and uh, he engraved on there, well done, good and faithful servant. And we knew it was going to be temporary, it's just oak. We put it in the ground, and then four or five years later, mom passed away, and now there's a stone. It doesn't have that. It has a different uh, symbol, something, a different saying symbolizing their, uh, their lives together for God. But what would you want on your grave marker to symbolize what, uh, what your purpose in life was here on this earth? I went and visited Dick Dean a week ago Thursday and it was right after the election. You know what we did not talk about? Now, Dick has been on hospice for two years. I mean, they've kicked him out of the program over and over again, and he keeps getting back on. Uh, but uh, you know what we didn't talk about? We did not talk about the election. We did not talk about COVID-19. We did not talk about the stock market. Now, he's laying there in bed, and he's alert, but we did not talk about the weather. We did not talk about, hey, how about them Vikings? We didn't talk about that. Why? They're not important to him at all. Well, what, what, what did we talk about then? Yeah, that was a primary subject, was going to heaven. Pastor, pray that I can get to heaven and get to Carla, and get to the rest of my family. I'm ready to go. Well, we talked about heaven. We talked about family, because that's important to him. We talked about church family, because he was a part of this church for 80 years or whatever. We talked about, uh, we talked about people that were getting saved. You know, he loves to talk about people getting saved. Everywhere he went, he gave them a New Testament and his testimony and uh, led people to the Lord. Uh, just, and, and one of the stories I told him was just a week ago yesterday, I was cleaning the lawnmower, getting it ready to, to park, and a 
SUV pulled in. I've told the teachers this, but SUV pulled into the our driveway, and a little girl, Victoria, jumped out of the car. And Victoria's become a friend of ours in our neighborhood. She usually comes over on a little electric scooter and uh, does magic tricks for us, uh, makes little birds appear and stuff. Uh, and she uh, came, jumped out of the car and said, uh, actually, she called me Pastor Wayne. I don't want to lie. She called me Pastor Wayne. <laughs> That's okay. I, I go by anything. And uh, she said, uh, I got saved. Now, it was a combination of Arowana. She comes to our Arowana program. And her grandma, I think she, she's prayed a few times now. She's beginning to understand what it is to trust Jesus to forgive her of her sin. And she wanted to tell us, her neighbors... Her grandma brought her over to tell us, and it was the same day that her brother was getting, uh, coming home from the military and going to surprise the family, and so we're there rejoicing, and she said, I, 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 want, to, I want to tell Cindy. Let me tell Cindy. So she ran up. I said, she's sewing up there in the room there. Just ring the doorbell, and Cindy came out. So we're all rejoicing, and another vehicle pulls up, and here's her brother in uniform, full uniform, coming to surprise all them. So there's a Hallmark greeting there in our driveway, and uh, not just that he was coming home, but that Victoria is going to go home someday in glory. This is not her home. It is not my home. And I, sometimes I get too concerned about this, what I consider my home, when my home is in glory. And so uh, I enjoyed visiting with Dick. Why? Dick was not too preoccupied with dying to repeat three words that I would like on my grave marker. Now, I, I do want to put out a warning. You know, we had well done, good, faithful servant for dad. Uh, I, I want you to be, if you're going to be cremated, don't put well done. Don't do that. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Uh, and you know what the words are. If you don't by now, you will today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know this is what we uh, think of as Thanksgiving season, but I want to change this a little bit. I, if you uh, haven't gotten used to saying thank you, Jesus, out loud, maybe you will by the end of today. Have you ever said thank you, Jesus, out loud? Uh, no, just, okay, uh, this is cheesy. I wasn't going to do it, but... Um, you know, if I go, thank, thank you, Jesus. And I'm going to do that a few times, but you don't have to do it. But uh, I would like you to do it one time before you leave here. And, and, and so I'm going to give you that opportunity when I say, thank you, Jesus. We just all say, thank you, Jesus. Then you don't look weird, right? <laughs> I look weird all the time because I'm always saying, thank you, Jesus. And people, who are you talking to? I'm talking to Jesus. Okay, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I will say, thank you, Jesus. Ready? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, you said it. I hope it becomes automatic. And I'll tell you why. Because that's what the message is today. It's thank you, Jesus. 
Next Sunday, we have a number of special music, and so we'll have a, a, a short message to go along with that. And then on Thanksgiving, our Thanksgiving service is Tuesday evening at 6 o'clock to 7, and that is just loaded with specials. Uh, hopefully, we will still have enough that don't have, uh, don't have to be quarantined so that we can do that. Uh, but giving thanks is an attitude. Giving thanks is an attitude, or it, it uses our reasoning powers. We reason and we give thanks. It turns into an action or a response. Then it becomes an assignment or a responsibility. I want you to think about those. Attitude, action, assignment. Reasoning, response, responsibility. It's much like salvation in that it, it is an attitude. It, it takes some reasoning is involved for you to come to know Christ as your personal Savior. You need to realize that you are lost or you will never be found or never be saved. And sometimes I use the illustration of the, uh, the swimmer is swimming across the Atlantic Ocean, and you come across him in your boat, and you say, what are you doing? And he's swimming away. He's swimming. I'm swimming to England. Now, you can't swim to England. That's uh, 3,400 miles. You can't swim that far. Well, I've come a lot further than those that are at the beach. I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing, yeah, you're doing great. You're out here three or four miles, but... Uh, you're, you're not going to make it to England. I am doing the best I can. Have you ever heard people say that about getting to heaven? I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing better than those guys. Uh, yes, you are. Congratulations, but you're not going to make it. And so along, you know, the sun goes down, and it's been 10 hours, and, and you've been following him, and he, he finally says, uh, I can't make it. I can't make it. Why, he's reasoned in his mind that he is not going to make it to England. And he cries out and he says, save me, pull me into the boat. And we grab a hold of him and pull him into the boat because he realized, he reasoned that he was not going to make it. That's involved in thanksgiving as well. Until a, uh, this too is true, until a child of God or uh, until you are a child of God, you cannot truly celebrate Thanksgiving. What do I mean by that? Because uh, you're limited to things that make you happy. And sometimes we promote that a little bit. We say uh, we have our Thanksgiving services, or we sit at the Thanksgiving table, and, and we say, uh, okay, every, before we eat, Everybody has to tell us what they're thankful for. What are they thankful for? Family, friends, warm house, turkey dinner, Netflix or Hallmark or whatever. And they're thankful for things that make them happy. Now, is that true Thanksgiving? It's really the only Thanksgiving an unbeliever can give. But there is more to true thanksgiving than what makes us happy. And that's what we are looking at in the passage in Ephesians chapter 5. 
Uh, turn there. That's, we're going to look at those verses that we just read. Colossians 3.15 says, Be ye thankful. And yes, it, it is uh, an imperative. It is a command. And it needs to be commanded because it's not something that we always want to do. In fact, many times we do not want to give thanks. But is that what Scripture, God, speaking to us through uh, inspired Scripture, wants us to do? Uh, we're going to, in Ephesians chapter 5, there are uh, the answers to three questions. So I want you, these are the three questions that you think about this morning. First, what is the season of Thanksgiving? Second, what is the setting of Thanksgiving? And what is the secret of Thanksgiving? It's just kind of a familiar outline, a familiar passage. Just want to look at it a little differently this morning. So what's the season of Thanksgiving? So what is, when is hunting season? And you say, well, that's easy. It was last week and this week. And if you, but what if you're in a different zone? Oh, maybe you, then, then you have a, another week. Or maybe it was earlier. I don't know. No, that's, I said, when is hunting season? I didn't say, is it for deer? Is it for bear? Is it for ducks? Uh, or turkeys? See, that, it's more complicated, isn't it, than just saying last week and this week. Oh, and then I, I didn't say a rifle. What about archery? What about black powder? So that makes it complicated. Well, the, the season for Thanksgiving is simple. Now, I didn't say easy. I just said it's simple. You don't have to decide, uh, well, you know, is it season? Is it uh, half an hour uh, before sunset, uh, sunrise uh, and a half an hour after sunset? You don't have to read a manual. It is so simple. But it is and can be very difficult. You say, well, it was easy for Paul, and reading verse 20, and that's kind of where we're focused here. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Okay, when's Thanksgiving season? Always. You don't have to read a manual to find out, well, what does always mean? Do you know what always means? Well, sometimes we don't know what that means. Uh, you say, well, that was easy for Paul to say. He's not living in our world. He's not living under the weight of a, a new president, or he's not living under the weight of COVID-19. And you say, oh, wait a minute. Where was Paul when he wrote this letter? This letter is also called a prison epistle. Well, that doesn't sound so good. Oh, well, what prison was he in? Well, he could have been in, it might have been in Philippi, he might have been in Ephesus. Probably he was in the prison in Rome when he wrote this letter. In prison. Yeah, but he didn't have to be afraid of COVID-19. Well, remember a, a couple months ago, we were in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and I want to read beginning with verse uh, 23, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors more abundant, 
in stripes. Now, it doesn't mean stripes on the shoulder of your uniform. It means stripes with a rod or a whip across your back above measure in prisons more frequent, in deaths often. Of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one, because they thought 40 would kill a guy. And so they kept it to 39. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. And a night, a day and a night was I in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils of by the heathen, in perils. You get the, the point. You remember back. You know, Paul went through a lot of things. And why in the world would he tell us here that we are to give Thanks always, because he means it. This is what God was teaching him. Give thanks always. That is the season all the time. I, I received uh, an email uh, last night, and the email went something like this. I just got out of work got to my car, and somebody had stolen the wheel off of my car. Um, got people, uh, men to help me. Three or five hours later, got the spare put on it. Uh, praise be to God. Yeah, you say, that, that person's a kook. Or Pastor Dave, you know. I mean, that's what I, that's what I would want to. Praise, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. When? Always. How often? Always. Well, what about always? That's what he's saying. What about the COVID season? Always. Thank you, Jesus. Why? Because a loving Father has given us the COVID season. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, what about the election? Thank you, Jesus. Because a loving Father has given us this season. And I know I need to be careful. What about cancer season? And a number of you have cancer and are battling. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Jean Mutterman, I, I don't know if, you know, if the, maybe this came out in a, in a one call, but Jean Mutterman, uh, we, we all knew that she had cancer. She knew she had cancer and going in and out, getting treatments and, and stuff. And, and then this week, she was here last Sunday night, last Sunday both. She wanted to be here. She's not here now. Uh, she was uh, put on hospice and given three to four months. What's her response? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, because the loving Father gives us these seasons. What about unemployment season? Thank you, Jesus. What about bankrupt season or chronic illness like fibromyalgia and, and uh, Lyme's disease and all of these things that, that are so nebulous out there yet can attack us? Thank you, Jesus. What about our disabilities? Uh, Johnny Erickson Tata. What's her theme? Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Mac, Pastor Max Day. Now, he's over at Faith Baptist uh, helping them in the ministry there. 
and he's been here a couple Sunday nights now. Uh, nine years ago this season, Max fell out of his deer stand and is paralyzed from the waist down. Nine years ago. So when he was here a couple Sunday nights ago, uh, how are you doing? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, because a loving father gave him this season. Uh, will I accept it or reject it? Or to accept it. Thank you, Jesus. What about mandatory quarantine? Thank you, Jesus. What about the graveside season? Now, even though death is a nasty enemy, and Paul says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, death is a, na a nasty enemy. We shouldn't love it, but uh, God has it on a short leash. He is in charge of it. Uh, a while, a number of years ago, Sherry Berenger, Cindy, myself, and, and Crystal, at that time Berenger, stood in, around a table in Peru and with Crystal's host family. We held hands, and before we sat down to eat of a, a sparse meal, we sang a song. Now, they didn't know any English, and I certainly didn't know Spanish, but um, so we sang this song. Now, I, uh, I just used all the Spanish words. I had to make it kind of Spanish-y, and I, and I sang kind of under my breath, and it was Señor and Señorita and Baño and Cumasta and, and Hola and, and just watermelon, watermelon, watermelon as we sang. And then he prayed, the, the man of the house, the dad, prayed. We sat down. We began to eat. And Crystal then um, translated what the song was. And it was, thank you, Lord, for the provision that you have given to us. And it was humbling at that time. The season is simple, always. Season of Thanksgiving. The setting of Thanksgiving. It says in all things, that in verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God. So the setting is in everything, in all things. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says it similarly when it says in everything, and this word everything means in the midst of everything in, in 1 Thessalonians, in the midst of everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God through Christ Jesus concerning you. Some people say, I wish I knew the will of God for my life. Well, I can tell you one thing this is the will of God, and it says it right here. The will of God is that you might thank, uh, give thanks always for all things. That's his will for all things, for everything, in the midst of everything. Um, we took the pastors and their wives out to supper uh, Tuesday night, I think. And we went to Grizzlies, and we'd called ahead and, and uh, reserved a table. And, and we were thinking this was going to be our table. It was in a, 
a little alcove there. We were going to get this table, and they said, yeah, we, we've got it. We'll have a table for you when you get there. And we, we got there, and, and that table wasn't the table we got. And then, first of all, why don't we get the table we wanted, we requested? That we realized then we give thanks for everything. And they had another table all set up around here. And then we realized why. I mean, I did anyway. I looked at the table where we wanted it, and it was uh, out of commission because of social distancing. And uh, the COVID-19 germs were just oozing off of that table. <laughs> Ugh, dripping onto the floor. Oh, just never so glad in our lives that we got a, a clean table without COVID germs. And so we give thanks in everything, uh, in good times and in bad. Have you tried that? I hope you have. In bad times. It's a lot like your wedding vows. If you had your traditional wedding vows, it was for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. I know that when you got married, all you heard was better. Uh, rich and healthy. And uh, so what is this stuff that's going on in our marriage? I didn't promise. Yeah, yeah, you did, if you use the traditional vows. Uh, vows. And that's uh, in the midst of everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, give thanks. Say thank you. An evangelist, Wilbur Chapman, he was old-time evangelist years ago, and he had a song leader, like Billy Graham has the, the song leader and everything, and uh, before he got up to preach, his song leader uh, stood, and he was taking requests, and they would sing it, and here was a crippled man in the front row, and he looked, and he said, sir, what is your favorite song? Of course, we know what it was. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. See, uh, that's the setting of thanksgiving. Good or bad, we say thank you, Jesus, for all things. Now, this is going to be harder, is for your past. Have you ever thanked the Lord for your past? Oh, well, my past was terrible. Have you ever thanked the Lord for it? Received a phone call this year, uh, two weeks ago, uh, from... Uh, a lady that I have not seen her for years and years. I'm not even sure I know what she looks like. I think in my mind I kind of know, kind of remember. But she said, Pastor Dave, a number of years ago I did something uh, that I shouldn't have done. And uh, we talked about restitution. And I decided, and I agreed, no, you, you can't. Uh, you can't uh, seek restitution there, but this, I feel guilty all the time. Just that, why did I do it? I, I was a believer then, too, and I did it, and, and I, I feel so dirty every time this comes to my mind, and what can I do? And I've asked him a hundred and thousand times to forgive me, and I said, but did he forgive you? Well, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Did he forgive you? Well, yeah, yeah, I guess. But it just keeps coming back to mind. I said, of course it does, because Satan is the accuser of man. 
And he's hanging around and accusing you of sin in your past and, uh, so that he can disable you. But what do I do? I said, have you ever thanked Jesus for your past? Have you thanked Jesus for that action? Oh, we're supposed to thank him. Well, how can I do that? Well, thank you, Jesus. I am not that person I was back then. I am more like Jesus Christ today than I was back then. Thank you, Jesus, that um, you've spared me from a lot of heartache from the sin back then. Thank you, Jesus. Have you ever thanked the Lord for your past? Now, I look around and I see some that are here and some that are not here because their families are quarantined right now that were sexually abused when they were little girls. And they had to thank Jesus for that. And that was very difficult for them. They thanked Jesus for it and they said, Pastor, you come across somebody that is struggling with that, uh, have them give me a phone call. So, and you say, well, what about, thank you, Jesus. What about abortions that I had in the past? Thank you, Jesus. If they just keep coming back, you know, the thoughts of that come back. Well, what about affairs? Say, thank you, Jesus. I'm not that person anymore. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of those things. Thank you, Jesus, that your grace is greater than all my sin. Thank you, Jesus, that you've taken my sin and you put it to the bottom of the deepest sea. Uh, you've covered that with the blood, with your blood. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes it has to be, ouch. Thank you, Jesus. Ouch, thank you, Jesus. I, I kept, kept this in a file that I have. A handwritten note from somebody in our church that says, we have been out of town the last few weekends and closed, please find our tithe. That's not the point of this. Uh, the point is, I am still filling up with fluid, but I am so thankful to God for everything. Oh, we know that she's filling up with fluid because she's got cancer. I am also thankful for our church family. But thank you, Jesus. Even when it's an ouch, thank you, Jesus. Uh, I don't understand why, but thank you, Jesus. And maybe you need to do that. Why? Because I believe this is the greatest. An ouch, thank you, Jesus, is the greatest form of worship. Now, we, uh, let's go to church and let's worship. And we sing some songs that draw our attention to God. But I believe that an ouch, thank you, Jesus, is the greatest form. Now, maybe I'll learn differently, but right now I think it's the greatest form. Why? Because it acknowledges that God is in control. My God is in control of my life. That's why I can say, ouch, thank you, Jesus. And it's saying, that, uh, saying to God that we accept everything he has done in our lives, and that we are content with God and his will for us right now. I think that's the greatest form of worship. Thank you, Jesus. I accept. Ouch, I accept what I'm going through. The secret to thanksgiving is the last part. The secret is actually two parts here. First of all, there's a sequence that we go through in our lives. And Paul says, hey, here's a sequence. 
If you're going to give thanks always, here's a sequence to go through, beginning with verse 19. Speaking to yourselves, reasoning, using psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to encourage yourself. Get in God's word. You want to be uh, content with whatever is going on. You want to say, thank you, Jesus, no matter if it's an ouch, thank you, Jesus. Then get in God's word, sing some hymns or read some hymns, read old test, uh, testimonies from others, this sequence, um, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, strengthen and encourage yourself, and then sing to God, and it sings in your heart, so if you don't have a good voice, it doesn't matter, making melody, it, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, then you can give thanks. But that's not all of the secret for being able to give thanks. There, first of all, is the sequence we go through. Secondly, there is this secret strength, a source of strength in verse 18. Be filled with the Spirit. Be, be yielded to the Spirit, verse 18. And then all of these things will give you the ability to say, ouch, thank you, Jesus. There was a, a long time ago in London, uh, two poor children were walking down the sidewalk, bundled up against the storm that was going on and the cold and the wind, and, and a widow lady looked out her window and saw them walking on the sidewalk, and she opened the door and invited them in, and these two kids came in, and they were freezing, and she had a fire going in her fireplace, and they stood at the, on the hearth and warmed themselves, and she got them cups of tea, and, and uh, the, the boy, as he was drinking his tea and finally getting thawed out a little bit, he said, uh, lady, are you rich? And the, the widow looked around at her furnishings that were so worn and a rug that was worn and sparse in the room. She said, heavens, no. And he said, your cups match your saucers. So the kids got warmed up and they left. And she noticed that on the hearth, there were muddy footprints from these kids. But she didn't go clean them up. She left those footprints for there for quite a while. Why? So that she would remember how rich she really was. Sometimes we think we can only say, thank you, Lord, when things make us happy. Paul, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, says, you, thank, you say, thank you, Lord, for all things, in the midst of all times. And the secret is singing, making melody in your hearts to the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit. I hope this Thanksgiving will be different than the Thanksgiving last year. Let's pray. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm afraid there, there might be somebody here that does not know Jesus Christ as your Savior you're still swimming to England. You're still saying, I'm doing the best I can. And I'm a pretty good swimmer. I'm a pretty good person. I'm not nearly as bad as those other kids or those other men or these people at work. I'm a lot better than them. If Jesus is going to let anybody into heaven, it's going to be me because I'm pretty good. Hey, no, you're swimming to England. You're not going to make it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No man comes to the Father. Nobody gets into heaven but through me. Well, what does that mean? Jesus said, call on the name of the Lord and thou shalt be saved. Call out to me and uh, ask to be forgiven of your sin and ask him to save you and then you will become a child of God, rich. You will enjoy the inheritance of the Son, Jesus Christ. And so uh, maybe that's you and and if that's the case, and you would like me to pray for you this morning, you might be saying, Pastor, I don't understand it. I would like to know more. I'm going to be thinking about it or praying about it. Just pray for me. Uh, just lift your hand. I'll pray. I'll not call you out by name. I certainly wouldn't do that. And if, if you need Jesus as your Savior, catch me afterwards. I'll be hanging around here. Lord, you know our hearts. I pray that each one here this morning knows you personally. They've cried out to you and said, Dear Jesus, forgive me and save me. So that they have a personal relationship. They, they become a child of God. If not, might they do that this morning, even before they go home. Thank you that we can say, Ouch, thank you. Jesus. I pray this in the name of your Son. Amen.